Happy Epiphany. Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. I've officially discarded the Christmas and New Year's greetings as we enter a new season in the official church year, Epiphany. For those of you who are not familiar with the church calendar, whether you are a Christian or not, Epiphany is a time that can hold meaning and hope for you especially if you are experiencing darkness in your life. The season begins with the day of Epiphany on the 6th of January and extends until the beginning of Lent, about six weeks later. Now, an Epiphany is a sudden revelation or insight, which in the Christian sense is represented by the light coming into the world at the birth of Christ, the dawning of hope in the world. Epiphany often includes the story of another light, the guiding light that brought the wise men to Bethlehem to witness the birth of Jesus. Let's hear that story one more time. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who is the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The end of the story. There are really two two lights in this story. The first, as I already mentioned, is the star that led the wise men who probably practiced astrology. That's why we often have stars on the top of our Christmas trees and displayed over our manger scenes. The other light, the true light, is the light of Jesus Christ that has come into the world. Now that light is talked about in another Christmas reading from the Gospel of John. So let's hear that one one more time too. In the beginning was the word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. 
what came into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, is coming into the world. Well, so, is that the end of the story of light for another year? It would seem so. Families are putting away their manger scenes and closing the books on the Christmas story for another year. It's our family's tradition to strip the decorations from our tree and take down the outdoor lights on January 7th, unless they're covered by ice and snow, in which case they'll have to wait until the first winter thaw, or maybe spring. Many of us in the northern climes have a few months of cold gray weather lying ahead of us. But in answer to my own question, no, this is not the end of the story of light coming into the world. Quite the contrary. The epiphany season reminds us that light is continually coming into the world. That continues during Lent, the following season. Matter of fact, the word Lent comes from the old English word lengthen, which means lengthen. During Lent, the days are in fact lengthening. They already are. Light is literally and figuratively coming into the world during this time of year. The days are getting longer. We look forward to life getting brighter. Like many of you, I personally dealt with a lot of darkness during the past month. We've had two family friends die, while others have suffered strokes and heart attacks, and several more are seriously ill from COVID, including a couple of young children. Although we expected more normal holiday celebrations this year, many of us have been forced to alter or cancel family plans, plans because of positive COVID tests. Where did the light go? The star of the wise men has ducked beneath a cloud. The light of Christ seems to have dimmed. Or has it? I think we often misunderstand the pronouncement of light coming into the world. We then tend to think of Christmas as a one-time, once-and-for-all event. It isn't. A better understanding of the enlightenment of Christmas is revealed in the final sentence of our reading from John. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. In the ancient Greek language in which John was writing, the light didn't just come into the world 2,000 years ago only to sputter out. The light keeps on coming into the world eternally. The light is still coming into the world. And also note, it's for everyone. The light is still coming to brighten the darkest corners of each of our lives. That's a message I need to hear. And this is the importance of the day of Epiphany and the several weeks which follow it. Christmas is over, but not the hope, healing, 
and peace that follow it. There is still sickness and death, but there is also healing and the promise of resurrection. At this time of year, in the midst of winter, the lengthening of daylight hours is hard to notice, but it's already occurring. For those of us who live in the Northern Hemisphere, the sun is creeping its way back to us. Before we go on to talk about the light that still shines today, I promise I'll get there. Let's first mine the depths of the Three Kings story and what was going on around them. Even in the gifts that the wise men bear, there's meaning. They're full of meaning. Now, gold is easy to understand. It's a gift fit for a king, a royal gift. Frankincense is also an understandable gift. It's made from the resin of trees in Palestine and congeals in blood-red teardrops on the tree's bark, as though it's bleeding. In its dried form, it's used as incense, incense burned on the altar as a fragrant offering to God. Appropriate offering for the Son of God. Ironically, however, the word frankincense literally means bitter, the darker side of that gift. Finally, myrrh seems hardly appropriate as a gift to celebrate a joyous birth, as it was another resin which is used in embalming corpses. In the baby shower gifts of Jesus reside a foretelling of his suffering and death. The song, We Three Kings, contains this cheery verse. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume, breathes of life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone-cold tomb. The events going on around the visit of the wise men described in Matthew's Gospel are even darker, much darker. Herod is desperate that this child would not live to threaten his kingship. Rumor had it that this baby would be the king of the Jews. And when he finds out that the wise men who, who he had tried to trick into uncovering the baby's birthplace had tricked him, he decides to take a much more desperate plan of action. Matthew writes, When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and lamentation, Rachel weeping for, weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled, because they were no more. Herod's brutal scheme did not work. Matthew says that Mary and Joseph, warned by an angel ahead of time, escaped to Egypt. And they remained there until they heard word of Herod's death before returning to their home. In the Roman Catholic Church, the slain children are remembered on Holy Innocence Day and the vault beneath St. Catherine's Church in Bethlehem, next to the Church of the Nativity, contains chapels in their honor and graves of some of the children. 
Although most biblical scholars doubt that the slaughter was a historical event, tying Jesus to the children who died in Egypt in the Exodus story, it certainly reflects the dark and desperate world into which Mary and Joseph brought their child. Thanks to Herod's failure, Jesus, the light that was coming into the world, survived. The darkness could not overcome him. Even the darkness of the grave could not extinguish that light 30 years later when he was crucified, because Easter will remind us that the light keeps coming into the world. Christmas, Epiphany, and Lent all lead to the eternal dawn of Easter, Easter morning, Easter dawn. It is important that we don't hear these stories in isolation. Well, let's take a look at what it means in real terms that light is coming into the world today. I told you we'd end on a positive note. Human rights worldwide are improving. I'm not sure that you can point, I'm sure that you can point to many examples to deny that fact. Keep in mind that in Jesus' time, slavery was common and accepted. In the Roman Empire of the day, the majority of people lived in slavery. And even Jesus, Paul, seemed to accept slavery as inevitable. And slavery continued to be a bitter reality at the time of the founding of our nation, centuries later. Through the terrible tragedy of our Civil War, however, slavery was officially abolished and now is illegal in every country in the world. Although the injustices brought about by slavery were perpetuated by Jim Crow laws, the Civil Rights Movement made tremendous progress from the 1950s onward. And although issues of racial justice are still hotly contested and important today, the public awareness of racial discontent raised during the violence of recent years seems to indicate a move in a positive direction. We need to keep the light of freedom and equality burning brightly to illuminate the shadows of hatred and intolerance wherever they remain. Ironically, January 6th, Epiphany, last year became known as something other than a religious observance. It was an occasion of rioting and attempted insurrection in our nation's capital. However, our democracy stands. Freedom reigns triumphant. The grand majority of Americans in the light bright of day are motivated by love, not hatred, and want unity, not division. We have hope, not despite the fact that democracy survived a serious test, but because it survived and survives. America is still a light on a hill, a torch burning on an upstretched hand in a harbor as a beacon welcoming those who approach our shores. It is to us, the people of this democracy, to keep our individual lights burning, to assure that tyrants and hate mongers, in whatever form, do not put it out.
While in the midst of a worldwide medical disaster, we have witnessed a medical miracle. Over 9 billion doses of vaccine have been administered worldwide. While the battle is not won, the development of RNA-based vaccine templates holds the potential to control pandemics of all types in the future. Add to that the constant development of new medical treatments for COVID and all sorts of diseases. Advances have been made in malarial vaccines that show promise in fighting the world's deadliest killer could save millions of lives, especially among children in the developing world. We're fighting the battle against cancer and grudgingly winning ground. We are getting healthier and living longer. The isolation caused by the COVID pandemic also accelerated our reliance on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, to name a few. Now, the problems and abuses of these media are greatly outweighed by opportunities to keep connected with the important people in our lives. I've connected with family I haven't spoken with for years. The existence of the dark web presents serious challenges in protecting law-abiding users, but it will only be as dark as we allow it to be. It is up to us as individual users to illuminate the online world and to model its you and use it positive uh, uses. We may learn to connect with others in ways that we haven't even imagined yet. You can fill in your own sources of light that will keep you going in the coming year, but the most important one that outshines them all is the one we started with, the light of Christ coming into the world. He lights, his light comforts us in our times of grief with a message of eternal life for those we've lost. It's the light of love that casts out hatred. His is a healing light for our bodies and our souls. He is the light which is still coming into the world. Earlier I quoted a dark verse from We Three Kings. Let me end with a verse that expresses the true meaning of the hymn. O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. May God bless you and keep you. May God's light shine upon you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Thank you.